Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. This is the Mike Tomlin Game Day Podcast with Steelers Digest Editor Bob Labriola. Okay, Coach, uh, after the win over the Colts, your record on Monday Night Football is now 19-3. and And in talking about that game in general, you said, I respect Monday Night Football and make sure our team does too. What is it that you respect about Monday Night Football and what is your message to the team about that? The scarcity of it. Um, all of these games are special. Um, it's not an NBA schedule where you got 82 games to state your case for playoff positioning. And so I don't want to devalue the other games. They're all special. Um, but the scarcity of Monday night opportunities for those of us that love football and grew up on the Americana, if you will, of, of Monday night football, um, is special opportunities. I've been on my job 16 years. You mentioned my record is 19-3. and three. And so there's some scarcity there. And um, I sell that to our guys. But beyond that, the appreciation of it from a football lover standpoint, there's an additional day, day, day and a half, really, 36 hours or so of additional preparation. I'm very thoughtful and intentional about how I utilize that additional 36 hours in terms of preparing our group. So it's, uh, is, the, is it a factor at all everybody's watching that game? because that's the only game being played? I love that component of it. Um, there's probably an, an intangible quality to it, but it's not something that I acknowledge that you can measure. For the second straight week uh, in the games against the Bengals and then the Colts, your team put together a solid first half and built a halftime lead, only to see it evaporate during the third quarter. Now, if this was basketball, a coach might call a timeout or two to try to break the opponent's momentum or give his team a chance to regroup. But in football, timeouts are precious. So is there anything a football coach can do when that's happening to his team? You know, you can you can be aggressive in your schematic uh, play calling and, and play design in an effort to produce plays because that's what turns the tide in terms of ebb and flow. Um, the minute Indianapolis had that big kickoff return, man, and put seven points on the board going into the second half, you knew it was game on. And, and the thing that, that swings that, is significant plays or splash plays. And so um, what can a coach do? You can get more aggressive in your play calling, if you will, in an effort to produce the splash plays that changes the emotions of the moment and turns the tide of that ebb and flow. But, again, when you're talking about doing things that produce splash, it also comes with risk. And if you're unsuccessful in doing so, then you're adding to that momentum. And so – um, if you exercise some patience and stay the course when time isn't a factor, it smooths out over time, which is what happened on Monday night. If time is of the essence, you better get aggressive. But with aggression comes risk. Uh, what are the ingredients to good kickoff coverage in the NFL? 
whooping blocks, making tackles, and unblocked guys making tackles. We're not going to make the simple complex. I'm not going to have a long soliloquy and talk about <laughs> all the things that could transpire schematically. They got 11. We got 11. Uh, get kickoff coverage is guys running down there with their hair on fire, whooping blocks and making tackles. And those that are unblocked make tackles. And that's what we haven't been doing a good enough job of. We're not whooping blocks and making tackles. We got to get off blocks. We got to make tackles. Those of us that are unblocked got to make tackles. And if you turn our tape on, you'll see that it is just that. It's not rocket science. So, to, for me, to simplify what you just said, correct me if I'm wrong, it's more about want to than schemes and technique. Or it might be skill-oriented. Sometimes it is a coach component in it. If I got our guys in bad matchups, um, people blocking them that they can't whoop or us blocking people that we can't block, then – you know, there's a matchup or personnel matchup component to it. It's, it's you know, there's some strategy to it. The strategy is in how those 11 individual bodies come together and who is on who. If you have a, you know, linebacker blocking a DB, um, you know, if he gets his hands on him, he might win that battle, but it might be difficult for him to get his hands on him if there's a lot of space because of the athleticism component. And that's why I say unblocked guys make tackles because they're unblocked guys on every kickoff because somebody loses battles quickly. And usually the ones that lose battles quickly is because it's a poor athletic mismatch. So recently, most kickoffs are touchbacks. Um, I don't know the exact percent, but most kickoffs are touchbacks. So as you're, as you're watching video, both of your team and the team you're going to play, do you notice, I won't say a lackadaisical uh, attitude, but maybe an assumption by either side that, hey, this, this ball is going to be a, a touchback. I'll just kind of. Very rarely. I just think that, you know, um, in, in the NFL, I think everybody knows that the urgency of the moments and people will come back at you. Very rarely um, would, would I attribute uh, kickoff return success to to people taking their foot off the gas, thinking the ball is going to be a touchback. I just think that's a that's probably a, a discussion for a lower level of football. Live Nation presents Concert Week now through May 14th. Get twenty five dollars tickets to over five thousand shows. That's up to seventy five percent off a summer full of your favorite artists like Twenty One Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than five thousand summer shows for just twenty five dollars. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Uh, on, on the issue of returning kickoffs, do you have a rule for your return guy? More than five yards deep, it's a touchback, more than, you know, take it out, whatever. It's situational. It's week to week. Um, it depends on the quality of the coverage unit. The ha- Distance is just a component of it. Um, if it's five yards deep but there's no hang, we can come back at them. And so that's why you chart kickers. Um, it's distance and hang. Um, one man's kick at five yards deep might have a significantly different hang than another man's kick. Um, and so um, week in and week out, it's an individual plan for that week, and there's some layers to the discussion. Um, speaking of your own returner, Steven Sims has shown some ability to make things happen as a returner since he took over the job in late October. Uh, what are the qualities of a good kickoff returner? Individual one-on-one winners, guys that are capable of making someone miss. Like I mentioned earlier when we were talking about the flip side of it, 
they're going to be unblocked people for a variety of reasons. And the quality kickoff return men run over, through, and around unblocked people and usually multiple people. Those are the dynamic return people, whether it's punt or kicks. They're two or three guys by schematic design or by or by assignment failure that, that are unblocked on just about every kick in the NFL. And the ones that get returned to the house is usually because the return man stepped around to make someone miss or utilizes individual skill sets to neutralize that component uh, of, of confrontation. You've said on more than a few occasion, occasions that you're not really used to playing a rookie quarterback this season. Uh, you've been playing a rookie quarterback. Is that an adjustment for you? You know, probably not in not in terms of mentality. I don't think it's something that dominates my thought all the time. But um, just in terms of um, the things that I can do as a head football coach to assist him in prep um, and to communicate with him in-game and utilize the things that occur in-game as a short-term learning experience in terms of doing what it is that we need to do in the immediate uh, time frame, but also as a long-term learning experience in an effort to grow and establish a great base for his game and his career. And so, you know, those are the things that kind of capture my attention. But just on the surface in terms of putting together a plan and beating somebody and, you know, getting this group to be at its best, um, it, it probably doesn't dominate my thought. Uh, after Monday night's game against the Colts in the aftermath, you know, the interviews and stuff, uh, it was learned that Kenny Pickett requested the play that resulted in Benny Snell's two-yard touchdown run. Uh, I don't imagine that's the kind of request that you would grant to just anyone. So what does he have to show you? Uh, it really is, though. Um, at the quarterback position um, in today's game, they're a component of, of prep. Um, Kenny's in the building every Monday and Tuesday. Um, he sees the ingredients of the hot dog, if you will. He, he knows what we're intending to get done schematically from a game planning standpoint because he is very much a part of the process. And anyone that's very much a part of a process is entitled to an opinion. We get stoppages in play. We bounce things around. We're talking to coaches on the sideline, coaches in the booth, players on the field. It's it's very fluid, and it happens extremely fast. And I think sometimes discussions like that get overblown, and people want to make a story out of something that is very routine and very natural. And I'm just being bluntly honest with you. So it, it works. It's great. But if it doesn't, then the next time he comes to you with an idea, do you? When uh, I stand in front of the, the media, it's mine. <laughs> Um, no, but, but in the about, back of my mind, <laughs> his opinion weighs less if it's unsuccessful, certainly. <laughs> uh, before coming to Pittsburgh, you were the defensive coordinator in Minnesota, and the Vikings always played home-and-home home series with the Chicago Bears. Uh, even though you were not directly involved with special teams, you got any horror stories about Devin Hester? Are you kidding me? Yes. <laughs> 2006, man, all week. Um, we talked about kicking the ball out of bounds, even if it was at a 30 to 35-yard net. We just wasn't going to let him to be the difference in the game. Um, we lost that game to the Bears 17-14, and probably about midway of the fourth, we were punting. We put the ball in the middle of the field like we talked about all week that we wouldn't do. And, and in a great player sort of way, uh, he delivered. And I just think that that's, that's a measuring stick of a legendary player of a generational player, of a guy that's gold jacket worthy. Um, you talk about him all week. You see him coming. You put together a schematic plan to minimize his impact on the game. You check all of those boxes. But if you're in any way negligent, they make you pay. 
and that guy made us pay that day. Um, we were playing those guys. They picked six to four a score. Ricky Manning had an interception for a score, and he ran that punt back. And as a defensive coordinator, when you got a pick six for a score and a punt return for a score and you lose 17-14, you remember those days. Um, today the special teams challenge for the Steelers comes from Cordero Patterson. Uh, in his 10 NFL seasons, he has at least one 100-plus yard kickoff return in six of them. Uh, what makes him so consistently dynamic as a kickoff returner? He's Josh Cribbs. Uh, he's very similar. Those of us that have been in the North remember Josh Cribbs. Um, he's fearless. He's big. He's strong. He long strides um, to the point of confrontation. He bumper cars off of tackles. And then he has the finisher's talent, meaning that, boy, if he bumper cars off of something, he can quickly get back to speed and, and finish over the course of long distances. Some guys are quick um, but may not be fast. Those guys are quality return, uh, punt returners. The quality dynamic kickoff returners, they have long speed. And I think that's something that Patterson has that's very similar to Cribs and Devin Hester. Um, you know, there have been some great punt returners that doesn't necessarily translate to kick return, and it's usually because of long or finishing speed. And that's a trait that Patterson has that I'd be remiss if I didn't mention. Boy, he can get into traffic. He can bounce off a tackle. But when he comes out of it, he's getting back to speed, and that's scary. Being in the AFC North, you have to deal with Lamar Jackson twice a year. Then lately there have been regular games against Buffalo, which means dealing with Josh Allen. Uh, in terms of running quarterbacks, how does Marcus Mariota compare to those guys? You know, and now Justin Fields. Um, I just think the, the conversation about quarterback mobility is becoming more routine. Um, even in the last number of years, think about how much has changed since Lamar has been in the league, man. Just a short period ago when Lamar was young and first started playing for Joe, man, it was a unique thing. Um, but, boy, it's, it's a lot of quarterback mobility now. Um, hurts. I mean, it's 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 probably any quarterback in his mid twenties or younger. It's probably half of them have the type of mobility that merits schematic adjustment, and so it's becoming more routine in today's game. That's the Mike Tomlin Game Day podcast. Subscribe and download new episodes every week, and check out all of the other shows we have to offer on the Steelers Podcast Network. That's available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.